Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Can we trust Mormonism's living prophets? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week, we began looking at a conference message given by John C. Pingree, Jr. He is a member of the First Quorum of the Seventy. That would be the third tier in the LDS hierarchy of government. He became a 70 in 2017, and in this conference message titled Eternal Truth, he emphasizes, as it says, our need to recognize truth has never been more important. We would agree with that. It is important to be able to recognize what is true. However, that causes us to ask the question, are the sources that Latter-day Saints turn to good sources for truth? And that's what we're looking for as we go through this man's message. Now, he's given us four points, and we're on the third point right now. What does he say in point number three? Third, prophets receive truth from God and share that truth with us. We learn the truth from past prophets in the scriptures and from living prophets at General Conference and through other official channels. Now, after scriptures, Bill, he has a footnote, and he's referring over to 2 Timothy 3.16, which says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. My question, Bill, is do you think Paul had in mind the other unique Scriptures in Mormonism called the standard works besides the the Old Testament for sure, and certainly inferred, I think Paul was inferring the New Testament as well. To, in answer to your question, I would say absolutely no. I, I'm sure he would probably be appalled if he knew what Latter-day Saints were believing and how sometimes they invoke his name in support of some of those teachings, which of course I don't think he would have supported at all. I want to go back to the beginning of that paragraph, though, when it says, Third, prophets receive truth from God and share that truth with us. Now, let's think about this in light of Mormon history. Mormonism really gets its beginning with an event that Latter-day Saints call the First Vision. This is where Joseph Smith went out to some woods nearby his home and decided to pray, asking God which of all the churches were true. Now, the story as it's been handed down through various Latter-day prophets is that this happened in the spring of 1820. Every Latter-day Saint that I've ever talked to and any article or book that I've read regarding this event, they all say the same thing. It happened in the spring of 1820. Now, we've mentioned many times on this show that the evidence, the truth of this story is not something that should be believed, and this is why. Joseph Smith claims there was a religious excitement going on in the area where he lived at that time. That's what caused him to go out into the woods to pray as to which church was true. And we know from the details that Smith gives in his testimony found in the history of Joseph Smith, which is in the Pearl of Great Price, 
He talks about this and he gives details that allow us to pinpoint the very religious excitement or revival he's referring to. What do we gather from this? We gather that this revival did not take place in the spring of 1820. But yet every single Latter-day Saint leader that talks about this story all turned people's attention to the spring of 1820. It did not happen in the spring of 1820. Personally, I don't believe it happened at all. I think this is a complete fabrication on the part of Joseph Smith. But this is a story that Latter-day Saints believe is true. And it comes through whom? It comes through Joseph Smith, a person that Latter-day Saints are led to believe is a good source for truth. One big believer in the first vision, for sure, probably more than any other president besides Joseph Smith, would be Gordon B. Hinckley, the 15th president of the church. And he says some things that are straightforward uh, if you're going to take him at his word. This is either true or it's not true. He said in General Conference, and this is in the Ensign Magazine, uh, November 2002, page 80, our whole strength rests on the validity of that vision. It either occurred or it did not occur. If it did not, then this work is a fraud. Upon that unique and wonderful experience stands the validity of this church. In Teachings of Gordon B. Hinckley, page 227, he says, that becomes the hinge pin on which this whole cause turns. If the first vision was true, if it actually happened, then the Book of Mormon is true. Then we have the priesthood. Then we have the church organization and all the other keys and blessings of authority which we say we have. If the first vision did not occur, then we are involved in a great sham. It is just that simple. One more citation I'll give you is from a general conference in October of 1961, found in the conference reports, page 116. I would like to say that this cause is either true or false. Either this is the kingdom of God, or it is a sham or a delusion. Either Joseph talked with the Father and the Son, or he did not. If he did not, we are engaged in blasphemy. And why would he use that word? I've mentioned that many times. Why does he use the word blasphemy? He doesn't say, well, we got it wrong or we made a mistake. He says blasphemy. I think there's a reason for that because the LDS Church's view of God hinges a lot on this so-called first vision. If it didn't happen, I think Gordon B. Hinckley knows full well their belief regarding God is not in line with what the Bible has said, and it's not in line with what Christians have historically said. So I think he understands how serious this is. But do many Latter-day Saints understand this? Because they believe this story to be true, because it came from a living prophet, the very source that Mr. Pingree says you should go to. We learn the truth from past prophets in the scriptures and from living prophets. And where do they learn these truths from living prophets? It says at general conference and through other official channels. How many blasphemous ideas have been taught in general conference? Too many to mention right here. I'm thinking we often like to cite general conference messages because we know that Latter-day Saints are supposed to take them seriously. But look at how much false doctrine has been taught in general conference. Number one comes to mind April 1852, where Brigham Young gets up and teaches that Adam is God. Now, is that an eternal truth coming through a living prophet because he was living at the time? 
or is it something that is to be taken lightly? Brigham Young himself said, you better not treat this doctrine, the doctrine that he just taught about Adam God, you don't treat it lightly or with indifference because it will prove your salvation or damnation. No Latter-day Saint who's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints today believes what Brigham Young said back then. So I guess it wasn't very eternal. I want to return back to that quote from Hinckley about the first vision. He calls it the hinge pin. And he says, if it was true, then you've got the Book of Mormon supposedly being true, and you have the priesthood and the church organization, all the keys and blessings. But the insinuation is, if it's not true, then the whole thing is a sham, because it's like a domino effect. And think about this. Not only do you have, I think, the First Vision to protect, but you do have that Book of Mormon to protect. We've talked a lot about that. We've talked a lot about the Book of Moses and the Book of Abraham, other teachings that have been very foundational to this church, as far as its scriptures are concerned. And if any of that is wrong, I don't, I'm not just saying the first vision, but if the Book of Mormon is not true or the Book of Abraham is not true, it means that Joseph Smith was not the kind of person that he said he was, and so nothing can be trusted from the source of Mormonism. I think you make a great point, and unfortunately, I would say, from my worldview, that a lot of Latter-day Saints cannot be a very discerning people. It seems like all the Latter-day Saints, at least the ones that we've talked to, at least the ones that we've read, all seem to believe a lot of the basic errors that were brought forth through Joseph Smith and those that came after him. He continued in his talk, Pingree says, finally, you and I play a crucial role in this process. God expects us to seek, recognize, and act on truth. Our ability to receive and apply truth is dependent on the strength of our relationship with the Father and the Son, our responsiveness to the influence of the Holy Ghost, and our alignment with Latter-day Prophets. Bill, Christianity has been based on, at least Protestant Christianity, on sola scriptura. You don't have that here. You have so many other factors, including the influence of the Holy Ghost, and you're detecting that, you're having the good feelings, and these modern-day prophets who have the ability to counteract anything that the Bible teaches. I think you, again, make a very good point. Remember years ago when we lived in California, and you were at the house at the time, and some missionaries came to our house. And remember this young man sat on my couch, and he was telling me how he knew the Book of Mormon was true. And I had commented to him that that seems pretty remarkable that a man as young as you are can discern so many things and come to such a conclusion. How did you come to that conclusion? And as I started asking him some more questions, it really wasn't so much what he told us originally, that it was a testimony of the Holy Spirit. But as I asked him questions and found out that, for instance, everybody that he loved and was enamored by and listened to were all friends or relatives of his, his parents and such. These peers that he had had told him what to believe, and he was doing it mainly because the parents he loved and trusted believed the Book of Mormon. Of course, all the others in his church believed the same thing. So it started to break down. I would be the first to admit that discerning what is from the Holy Spirit and what is not can sometimes be very tricky, and it takes a lot of maturity. And I will agree that many times I can miss it. 
I think we can all miss it. Sometimes our own personal ideas can get in the way and we don't allow the Holy Spirit to really minister to us like he should and like he wants to. But yet we see so many Latter-day Saints, they'll say things like, well, I know this is true. How do you know it's true? And they'll say things like, as this young man, well, the Holy Spirit showed him it was true. And, but then when you ask, how do you know it was the Holy Spirit? Well, I just do. That answer should not satisfy us. And we need to probe a little bit deeper in this. Probably the reason for them believing what they do is certainly not the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is not going to lead you into error. And there has to be some other source. The problem is in this speech, Eric, is that many times Pingree's sources are the questionable sources that historically have proven to be questionable sources, such as the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, the Pearl of Great Price, living prophets of the LDS Church, and the writings that they bring forth. Very questionable. That is, if the standard of truth is correctly known to be the Bible. And it's interesting that you brought up his footnote 20 and the fact that he's pointing to the epistle of 2 Timothy that's talking about how we can trust the scriptures. And yet we find many times Latter-day Saints would rather set aside what the scriptures, what we believe the scriptures to be, both Old and New Testament, they will set that aside and instead go with the teachings of their living prophet. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.